This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst. It's the Draft Act, NBA draft show on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. My name is Corey Tulliba. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, what's going on, man? All's good. Uh, excited to be back, as always. Um, it's been a really eventful. I mean, like, we're kind of in busy season right now. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the NBA draft, so it's good. And, um... I mean, dude, what's more exciting than having a future NBA player on the pod with us talking about all kinds of fun stuff, talking about his game? This is really exciting for me, as always. And Corey, I, I know we, we you talked about it with our guests before before we started recording, but our first time follow up guest as like a prospect coming on talking about his game and stuff. This is really exciting stuff. I, I'm really, really stoked for this episode because the first one um so much fun. So, you know, high expectations from all around from everybody here. We got Jalen Clark back with us. Jalen, what's going on, man? What's good with y'all, man? Man, chilling here. Chilling here. We're it's an exciting time for us because, you know, we cover the draft and now the college yeah. season is officially over. But I would wager it's probably a more exciting um <laughs> time for you, given, you know, the the fact that um there's only one of us on this stream right now that is you know going to be living out their dream to play in the nba within yeah. you know the calendar here so uh... oh oh all <laughs> <laughs> oh, the excitement <laughs> got and disappeared he just oh, disappeared boy. i know oh he's coming back there he is there he is i don't know <laughs> Technical difficulties on my end so far um but I'm oh, magic trick. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, I, I guess we can kind of jump right into it. Um, a little segue. I, I know Corey is gonna be uh, putting up some awesome stuff uh, on the with the graphics and stuff, but uh Jalen, let's not beat around the bush. Gonna ask you how because you know, we're all concerned and you're a guy that, you know, uh, almost everybody at our actually, what am I saying? Everybody at our website, we we love your game. Um, love the progress that you showed this season. So obviously it was an unfortunate end to your season uh, with the injury. So just wanted to check in, see how you're feeling, see how the rehab process is going, how everything yeah. is at right now. Um, I've never felt bad for myself. Like as soon as it happened, like I've never had an injury before, but like from because my dad tore his. So right when it happened, I know exactly what it was. If you know what I mean, and it was ironic. I stole the ball and then laid it in, and it was like I finally was getting going because I was I had missed like four, five threes. I banged a three and came down, 
and they had the ball and stole it, tipped it out from behind. And I was going to dunk it, but I thought he was on my, like, tail. So I was like, I'm just going to lay it in and get back. And then laid it in and went to go run and push out, and I felt it immediately, if you know what I mean. So um, that was unfortunate, very unfortunate, but I'm more of a life-keeps-moving type person. Mm-hmm. You can't feel bad for yourself because all that time you can sit dwelling and all that. Somebody else is working and getting further ahead. Um, the thing that did suck is obviously how my medical comes back is going to decide if I get drafted or not. Like That's just the reality of the situation, if you know what I mean. Um, but the thing I'm not worried about is if I, cause I maintain my eligibility so I can go back if I have to, that's like, if I have to, but, um, the best thing is I feel like I'm good enough regardless. If you're good enough to get there, I feel like you're going to get there. You know what I mean, I still was able to accomplish some really cool things by sweeping all the defensive player of the years and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it is it, still, I'm very grateful if it was going to happen when it happened, cause it at least allowed me to play a whole year before anything so yeah i'm gonna get so i mean hey that's great to hear i I think obviously you know any type of injury like that you're gonna have your concerns but um yeah i mean obviously Corey just put it up there but you know naismith defensive player of the year that's freaking incredible and regardless of the injury like you just said i think where you're at right now at with your career at ucla and what you've been able to accomplish i just feel like you've done so much and hey i mean honestly the tape kind of speaks for itself and we did a whole pod with you early in the year talking about your game and what you've accomplished and how much you've grown as a player so i I really love that you you have that mentality right now where you're not feeling sorry you're not feeling down for yourself because um as they say right the marathon continues you know the journey continues and you're you're well on your way yeah and like i said i'm looking at it in all realistics right now if i go I'll probably be a second-round pick for sure, if you know what I mean, unless something crazy happened. I mean, you never know, but unless something crazy happened, you look in that second round. But the beautiful thing is if I can get healthy and stuff, you get paid quicker on the back end if you're a second-round pick, if you know what I mean. So in my heart, I really feel like I'm a first-round talent, which I feel like I was starting to pick it up on the back end of the year. Because Arizona State, I had a double-double. Arizona, I'm five steals at halftime, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I would have picked it back up, but – um. Yeah, I feel like it's just going to be another crazy part to my story. And like I said, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. Like, I'm going to be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I'm really excited to see how all this stuff works out. It's weird because I know I'm not working out. Right. So, like, the ball is kind of out of my control right now. I get to interview and all that stuff. For sure. And, like, I got my UAC back. My UAC gave me a lot of confidence, like a, a ton of confidence. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I should be okay. But, you know, UACs get kind of – but from what I read back on my report, I should be very, very good. may shock a lot of people where it came back as. I think it's interesting what you said about, you know, like you, if you're a second-round pick, you get it quicker. And even if, you know, I'm looking at somebody who's playing in the playoffs right now at a really high level who went undrafted in your backyard, Austin Reeves right now, he set this offseason already to, to get – um, you know, a nice payday. I've seen it like a hundred mil is the word number flowing around. Yeah, now. like uh, you know, he's he came in as as a um a guy who was like a little older, and so teams I guess got scared by you know his age or whatever, and he showed that he was able to come in right away. Um, and now you know he's gonna reap the rewards. So like you said, it doesn't really you know you think you're a first round talent. I bet he believed he was a first round talent as well. Mm-hmm. So it 
regardless of the results, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't determine your NBA future. Like you said, no, if it, no, you know, no, whatever no. happens is going to happen for sure. Exactly. And I think the thing, like when I, especially when I was healthy, I started going to a lot more NBA games. And one thing I will say is I feel like defensively, especially in the regular season, I could kill it on that end of the court. If a defensively I can go, and especially because my Achilles is messed up right now, all I've been doing is form shooting instead of working. Because if I can shoot 37% at plus in the league and then run around and chase whoever I'll play, I'll play to I don't want to play no more. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. If, if we just being honest, and as if nothing else develops, if I could just shoot 37% from three and take the guard the best player, that's with nothing else, I'll be fine. If you know what I mean. Right. So. Right. That's what that's like my bottom ceiling. And I think that's gonna be like probably my best pitch when I sit down with people mm-hmm. and start talking. And then I'm a good person. I feel like that helps out a lot. I'm not a you don't gotta worry about me partying, drinking, <laughs> smoking, then then like that. So I feel like I need every little edge I can get. For sure. Because I'm my physical abilities. Cause there's some people that are just so talented, it's not gonna matter what they do. If you yeah. Like, if you yeah. So yeah. I mean uh, No, Jalen, I just want to say, you know, Corey gave the example of Austin Reeves and I don't know, maybe Corey and I were were showing our age a little bit, but like even the guy like Gilbert Arenas back in the day. Hey, Gilbert, I actually just sat down and talked with him. There it is. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, because that's that's another great example, right? A guy who came in as a second round pick, kind of earned his way. And, you know, he knew what he was capable of doing. He said it Mm. on a million podcasts now. He always said, dude, I was way better than Richard Jefferson, whatever. And then early on, you know, after he proved it in the league, he got that contract that you're talking about. So, Jalen, you know, and this is not just us because you're on a pod with us and you've been on a pod with us a couple of times now. But, I mean, you you read my piece on you. You've seen the stuff that our, our people have written about you. We're huge fans of your game. And, you know, with you deciding to declare for the draft, something that I've been wondering was obviously you had the injury and all that stuff. And, you know, it's never easy to make that decision to take that next leap and to, you know, test the waters and see what's going on. Really, if I'm keeping it, man, I was like, I was in the place when it first happened. I thought all that was kind of over. You know what I mean? Mm. Because you don't hear too often people going in there hurt and then Mm. whatever. And then I got a call. And it was like, hey, you need to go. You need to go. Then I get another call. You need to go. Then I get another call from, like, reputable people. And then, like I said, then I submit my UAC, and it comes back. And it's like, okay, well, this isn't, like, just a random mock draft, if you get what I mean. Like, a UAC, mm-hmm. they, I'm not saying they're all accurate and everything, but most of the time, like, if you're going undrafted, that thing will tell you you're going undrafted, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it didn't say nothing like that. So I was like, oh, well. If this ain't a sign, this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was like, I could go ahead and maintain my eligibility. And like I said, worst case, I mean, the worst case they can say is no, if you know what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you might as well go up in there and try. You may be able to, I may be able to talk my way into something or somebody may be like, look, we don't need you right now, but we'll hold you. You get healthy and then you play next year. You know what I mean? So a lot of different factors going and how long my injury is. Um Doctor said it can range anywhere from eight months. Kobe came back in seven and some change, but he was different. So <laughs> eight eight months to twelve. But if it's in eight months, now you're telling NBA teams I'm gonna be ready in November, December. That changes a lot of things. Yeah, you know what I mean, like ready to play in December, November. And if I'm fortunate with who I signed with, they got me with all the top doctors and people who rehab Clay Thompson and. Mm-hmm. Um, um, all the other KD and stuff like that sent me to their facility. So, and they came back playing pretty good. So, yeah. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, you, you mentioned that like you, you spoke to Gilbert. It, are there any other players that have either come through UCLA or just guys that you've been around in general um, that have gone through this process before? that have kind of, you know, given you advice on how to navigate it um, over the next couple of months? Um, Like just pre-draft in general? Yeah, or I guess even just preparing for life in the NBA. Just just uh, any kind I of advice you, for your, for your uh, future. Well, most of my friends are already in the NBA. I play mm. on Comp to Magic, so Evan Mobley, <laughs> yeah. Nick Onyeko Kongu, Dalen Terry, Johnny Juzang, um, Isaiah Mobley. We were all on the same team. Like it's a squad, sick team. There'd be like seven people off one team, which is pretty crazy if you know what I mean. And we have the whole thing documented. I'm pretty sure it's Hope's gonna sell it to Netflix and they're gonna make a movie out of it because I think seven's enough to go ahead and get it made. <laughs> yeah, I'd but, say that's a, it's a pretty good amount. <laughs> yeah, so they helped me through the whole thing because, like, the hardest part I feel like is the agent process, mm. and that's when I hit my wall, kind of. Because mentally, I was like, it's like you're trying to, instead, at first, beginning of the year, no one expected nothing out of me for keeping it in band. So I was just out there running around playing free. And now it's like, oh, we want you, they, like, it's not, it's not even you're not listening, but you're just subconscious to yourself. So it's like, you need to start shooting five to seven threes a game and this, this, and that. And when you start thinking about all that stuff and trying to balance it out, it don't ever work out like the way you want it to, you know what I mean? So... Um, towards the back end of the year, when I finally picked somebody, my play started to return right away to how it was before. And it, but like I said, they helped me guide through that process more than um, the pre-draft stuff because I'm not gonna have a normal pre-draft. Like right now, I'm down here. Um, I'm down here at my girlfriend's house. Maybe I mean we're just chilling, watching movies or whatever. And normally, I'd be in Glendale right now, working out every day. So like, I'm not having like a normal pre-draft process i really gotta wait till um we start when i mean the playoffs is going on too right now so i gotta wait for all this stuff to go and then really to start interviewing and then combine and then after that and i'm blessed the cba just passed that new rule so i'm lucky i'm in this year's draft not next year's i think you have to compete in the combine now in order to go ahead and get drafted i saw something like that yeah you have to i think you just have to part you don't have to play in the scrimmage but you have to like measure and i guess and do everything yeah do everything else yeah because yeah. our, our agents control it all right now yeah now yeah. you said you mentioned the playoffs are on right now i want to know do you uh happen to watch maybe davion mitchell's uh yeah you know defense on on yeah. steph at all, all I, yeah i mean one of the craziest defenders but 
and and you're like significantly taller than him. Yeah. Uh, but when you, I just I, I look at certain guys in the league, and Davion's a guy like you said, like you just got to hit like a certain percentage from three to to really be able to make an impact, right? And I, he's not even fully there yet, you know. Like, it, I mean, you don't want to leave him open because he's been in big games and he hit knocked down a big one. But that kind of defense, like, just in the playoffs, where just you could just be yeah. a straight up pest. Well, I'm looking at even like I remember Herb Jones in college. I played him my freshman year, and I remember when he got picked up. I was like, there's no way he's going to last in the NBA. He wasn't playing. <laughs> he wasn't playing defense like that. He wasn't yeah. playing defense like that at Alabama because when we played him, he wasn't no lockdown. He was the main yeah. scorer. Yeah, you know what I mean. it's hard yeah, to I balance. Saw him, I saw him start running around really guarding people. I was like, oh, he's going to play forever because you know, mm. he's just so long and stuff. Or even Jaden McDaniels, people like that. Mm. And that's why all these kids get caught up in how how much they can put this ball in the hole. Mm. Like, you can pay for the other side too. And then your offense is just a plus, if you know what I mean. That's yeah. right. And, and, you know, Jalen, something that I've been wondering, you know, last time we had you on, we – and you just said to yourself, like a lot of people are in your ear telling you, you got to take more threes. You got to improve on different things on the offensive side of the ball. Something I'm curious about, rather than thinking so much about improving on the offensive side of the ball, obviously you're, I mean, you're defense player of the year. You, we have incredible tape of you playing some awesome defense, but I was wondering, are there certain aspects of your game on the defensive side where you still feel like there's some tuning that you want to do? You want to get better at certain things? Oh yeah. Um, first, I feel like sometimes I, I I start gambling OD. Like when we were playing Stanford, I was, I looked up at halftime and said I have four steals. I'm getting ten tonight. If you know what I mean, and it cost me something. Like, so I, sometimes I get like antsy, and then um, yeah. other things I say is I want to. Well, I probably have to hit the weight room more and get started, but being able to hold ground against bigger guys. Because right now, if it's a bigger guy, I'm counting my head one, two, and I'm trying to take a charge. Mm. But like at this next level, as I'm seeing, sometimes they call it, sometimes they don't. If you know what I mean, like it goes either way. And then um, staying in front of the ball, being able to pressure little guards, like people like Tiger Campbell, like in practice, I'm yeah. giving him more space than I feel like someone my size. If you know what I mean. Mm. So yeah, I feel like there's a lot more I could still work on though. Yeah, I think that that's uh, but it's good that you're getting reps on a guy like Tiger, right? Because like, right, yeah. especially in the NBA. Like if you're guarding Dame or or something, mm-hmm. right? If that's your task, you can't really give him any space. No, you, and, I, <laughs> and when I when I'm from watching the NBA, I don't think NBA like when I get there, days of shutting people's water completely off is over. Over, you know I mean, like yeah, it's more just containing. Like you're not keeping Steph Steph and Curry to zero points. Like no, or Damian Lillard, they're not going for zero points. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's like if he gets a hard eighteen, if I made him work for eighteen, that you did your job. If you yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even sometimes like even if they get twenty five and you make them work, like yeah, exactly. you know, like that's that's super important. And and I feel like that's what all the best defenders are are capable of doing. It's just making them have to work for their shots because the NBA is so much about like high efficiency, right? And exactly. uh, in those big games, in those big moments. Uh, things slow down they grind out a little bit mm-hmm. being being able to just make them work for that shot and then you know if, if they make it sometimes like all right clap it up do it again right yeah, like exactly. that that's that next play mentality and in college you don't see that as much like right now in college if i really want to go get up in somebody and take it like even like if they coming off a down screen i'm like all right well i already know you're throwing it there if you know what i mean like stuff like that's not gonna happen no more mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Jalen, something you were saying before about Herb Jones and how, you know, what you saw in college was so different from what you're seeing in the NBA. You kind of didn't know he had that in, in him. I, I wonder if NBA teams were looking at you and asking that same question. Obviously, there's a lot of tape now of you in college. Do you feel like there's going to be a different version of you in the NBA? What are certain things that about aspects of your game that might be a little underrated or maybe people haven't seen yet? Oh, for the first thing, I'm a better passer than shown. I mean, if you go look at some, I don't get hella assists because I was an off ball. Yeah. Like most of the time I got the balls off a damn steal. That's a little like, <laughs> you know, I mean, or a broken play and I'm just running the floor. But um, I can pass the ball better than I get credited for. And then um, rebounding too. I feel like that's a very big thing at the next level. Um, like I said, the shooting stuff, um, I feel like it will come as I put more and more work in, I jumped over 10% this year, yeah, which is pretty good. Um, yeah. And that's including my six misses and one make against U of A, which is why I was so hot. Cause I was floating around 35, 36% the whole year. And then that game came, I'm like, damn, that's gonna be my last one. But um, yeah, probably passing in my rebounding for sure. And, and you know what, Jalen, I, I will say, I. I saw you up close in person a couple of times, was on the floor during shoot, shoot around and stuff like that. I I felt like the shot, I, I definitely feel like you've made mechanical adjustments. Um, I think you've worked on it for sure. It looks cleaner compared to what I saw two years ago and then what I saw this year in person. I just feel like things have gotten tighter, more compact. Yeah. Um, what are, yeah, what are the main things that you've worked on to get that shot to look cleaner? I'm not gonna lie. I really because like I said, I didn't work out with like no, this this summer I didn't work out with nobody. I was like, or before my junior, I was like in the gym. I was down here in San Diego, and I was like, uh, my boy Justin used to help me out a little. But other than him, nah, I would be like in the gym, and I'd just be like, yeah. Since I don't got no shooting coach or whatever, and I'm not gonna pay nobody this. If I can just get this broke shot to up to 35, percent I'll be fine. If you, I mean, I look around, nobody shoots the ball the exact same, and then over time, it just kind of smoothed itself out a little bit. I still tilt my head when I shoot and don't get all the way up under the ball and kind of float my round right. But I feel like as long as I know what I'm doing wrong, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be fine. So like I said, this next step, especially because I can't walk right now, I'm going to be able to get my form really good and tight. So I'm expecting a jump when I get back. Yeah, I, I love the the perspective that you have where it's like, all right, like, what's the question in my game? It's the yeah. shot, right? Well, mm-hmm. now that's the only thing you can really work on. Yeah. So it, it you're, you're looking at it where like maybe it's a blessing in disguise long long term because you have real opportunity to just grind out on your form yeah. and, and iron all that stuff out. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's sometimes when you're in the moment, right? Like you don't always look at like that that optimistic mm-hmm. side, that glass half yeah. full. But like I think if we look back in a couple of years <laughs> and, and you could be like, wow, like I really was able to make improvements in a during a situation that most people would kind of, you know, yeah, kind of be down yeah. in the dumps in. Well, I'm like a realist too, if you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. when people talk about negative parts of people's game, I know they get butt hurt or upset or it makes them irritated or whatever. Like half the stuff that people would tell me, I already know. You know what I mean? Like not in a cocky way, but I know like if you ask me what do I need to fix first, I dribble too high. I don't get down if you I mean I don't get my shoulders down. Um my favorite move, I spin way too much. I need to get other counters and stuff. Cause I just when I'm in trouble, I just spin um my jump shot. I gotta get more consistent and get a dribble pull up. 
Because right now I'm three ball or all the way float or layup, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really real, realistic. I just try to attack one thing every summer and just get better at that. And then slowly yeah. I'll knock them all off the list. Yeah. And, and you know, like I, I, I really love what Corey was saying, right? The whole perspective aspect of it and kind of being real with where you are and making the most of it. Because I remember like, you know, growing up, Nick fan, um, I remember like they would always talk about like with a guy like David Lee, how like, you know, he was a lefty, but he had a good right hand because one summer he just broke his hand and he had no choice but to use his right hand a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And with where you are right now and it's unfortunate once again that you had your injury but as you as you said this is a good opportunity for you to work on the form shooting to work on the things that like being able to control what you can control is still awesome and being in control so really excited for that part yep exactly yeah yeah and with that oh sorry go ahead Corey. no i was just saying i think it's an important perspective too for you to have and like you said like you know everything you need to do to work that perspective i think is going to help you in your NBA career, because I think a lot of times guys will go through this process, they'll get drafted. And then the reality hits that they're in the NBA and, you know, you've been the, probably a star or one of the stars on every team that you've been on since you were a kid, like one of the best players at least. And then you got guys that are first round picks now that they send them right down to the G league and, and it's a process. So like that control, what you can control and that mindset of like, all right, well, if, can I do something to get better while I'm in this situation? I just, I think it's a, a really helpful perspective for any player to have, regardless yeah. of, of yeah. what level they're at. Yeah. And one thing I will say too, because I feel like I have a little advantage over people is I've been the guy that didn't play. Like if you look at my freshman year tape, I didn't play at all. Like mm-hmm. I, if I was playing, I was playing center. If you know what I mean? Mm. That was it. So I know what it's like to have to sit down and wait your turn and all that. You got to keep a good mental frame. And in sophomore year, I played a little bit more. I wasn't playing 20 minutes a game yet, and it's a 40, I mean, it's 32 minute game or whatever. And then, I mean, 40 minute game. And then junior year, I finally break out and I'm playing over 30. So yeah. I know that I know how to, this whole process goes of always getting knocked back down to the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. And I keep climbing every time. So. No, dude, I I think it's awesome, and I and you know what, Jalen, I, I really do love how you have that perspective where you're looking back at freshman season, sophomore year, and where you are now. And, and something that I wanted to ask is, you know, you've declared for the draft, and there's a real, very real possibility you end up staying in and getting drafted, and who knows, right? Um, but that means with the new chapter opening up and you now turning that page in your life and in your career. Looking back a little bit at your time at Westwood, the three years that you spent there, what do you think you're going to miss the most? You know, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be basketball related, but just wondering about that time and the legacy that you left behind as a UCLA player and student and person. Um, Probably most most thing I miss is my teammates for sure. Um, This year was a really special group. That's why we hated the way it ended with me Mm. and them going out. Because I feel like we would have been, we would have got past Gonzaga for sure. Yeah, we weren't worried about Gonzaga because guard wise, we would have took him out the game if you know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. they were thin at that spot, mm-hmm. and then we could have gave Drew Timmy more attention, and they still battled. Like I mean, I thought we'd won the game till Julian pulled up from half court. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's so, a good game. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And we're down two starters. I don't think anybody had us right. like that. Two starters against Gonzaga. I don't think anyone thought it was going down to the buzzer. Um, probably that my team is because we did everything together. Like I almost like 
birthdays. Like, we was always together my freshman and sophomore year. I wasn't around them like that. I was a kid that always went home because I only lived 45 minutes from UCLA. Like, I'm from the area, so I'd go home or be down here in San Diego. So um, this year, it was the first year I'm like, I'm going to buy into this thing 100%. And just, like, like just the fun aspect of it, it was just we had a great time. That's awesome, man. I, I think, you know, I don't know. Corey and I were a lot older. We were just talking before we started recording how we went to college so long ago. Um, <laughs> forever Where'd y'all go? To huh? Where'd y'all go? Uh, Corey went to a bigger school than I did. I went to a tiny school in New York, went to a little city city college in New York. Corey, oh, where yeah. did you go again? I always forget. Well, so I, I did a semester at uh, University of Central Florida. Um, oh, okay. and, and then I did, I, I graduated from Adelphi University, which is like a, a D2 you're a school. You're a Taylor Hendricks fan. <laughs> I like Taylor. I like Taylor's game a lot. I saw him, uh, I drove up to, to Philly to watch them play Temple and he, he played oh, okay, well. Okay. He played well, yeah. yeah. That's but, cool. But yeah, you know, Jalen, I, I think it's it's awesome to look back and, and you know, kind of like a follow up question to that is how do you think people are going to remember you, whether it's your teammates or coaches or well, staff see, that's there? Why so, that's why I was so mad I didn't get that steal record because I would have cracked it wide open. Mm. Like I finished with like 78 and they played four, four, three, four games in the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or three or four. And then they went to the third round in March Madness and lost. And against Asheville, all respect to UNC Asheville, but they looked petrified on like they was they weren't ready to play at all. I would have had you know what I mean? Like yeah. So that's why I was so and I was averaging like I think it was two point seven with math on that. I would have pushed it probably to in the hundreds. But I am happy I got the defensive player of the year thing because that leaves my mark. Like yes. I'm the first one ever in Westwood to do something like that. If you know what I mean. So yeah. in the all time UCLA defensive greats or whatever. Just off that alone, they got to put my name in there, if you know what I mean. So that's cool to have left behind. Yeah, that is, I mean, we're talking about UCLA here. You know, we're not talking yeah. about Albert City School here or, <laughs> <laughs> or, or Adelphi University. UCLA is one of, if not the most storied college yeah. basketball program in all of college basketball history. So, um, I, I mean, I literally, you know, took a, a a class on John Wooden. So like, you know, like, um, yeah, it's, that's, that's something to be proud of for sure. Like to be the defensive player of the year at that school in nationally. Um, it's amazing, man. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. Um, yeah, I just want to say, you know, Shout out to Baruch College where I went. Uh, go Bearcats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But um, no, Jalen, I, I think that's awesome. And, and you know what? I, I do want to say the amount of confidence that you're always speaking with about your game, the optimism, the the, the positivity, I, I think all oh, that's awesome. And, and you know, that, that kind of really helps lead me into my next question that I had for you. And, you know, obviously this next process, right? Um, combine, pre-draft, all that stuff. You're going to be meeting with a lot of people who only know you by your film. They only know what they've seen on the screen. Yeah. They only know you by what they've seen by your play. But what what do you think are certain aspects of the you as a person that I think um, that you think might be a little underrated or people don't know about that might surprise people? Like, let's say, I don't know, some random NBA team, let's say, you know, the New York Knicks or whoever yeah. sit down <laughs> with you and they start asking questions and they meet with you. What's something about you, your personality that uh, might surprise NBA teams a little bit? Yeah, I'm very first optimistic, uplifting. Um, 
obviously, I'm know I'm gonna get mad um, questions about my injury. I'm not a negative person at all. Mm-hmm. Always smiling, goofing around. Um, I think the thing that helps me if they really look into everything, like they'll watch my YouTube channel. You get to see a lot. I'm a big personality. Um, like I said, I got my annual basketball, free basketball camp in my hometown that I give back to kids. We get them all the new shoes and stuff. And um, I feel like I'm just a great person to have around. I'm a winner at every level, if you know what I mean. I ain't high school. Like, I already told you, all my we said that team with seven people in the NBA, we ain't lose a tournament that whole year. Like, we ended up playing um, team takeover. They had Justin Moore from Villanova, mm-hmm. Hunter Dickerson, Armando Baycott, Jeremy Roach, and I may be forgetting one or two, but that was and we beat them. It, that was like the big matchup because it went Nike to against Adidas Gauntlet. Um, yeah, but nah, just a great overall human being. I ain't gonna give nobody no trouble on and off the court. So it's like really, I feel like I said overall great human being. That's and awesome. and that yeah, I think you know that's in, incredibly valuable. Like you said, they don't have to worry about you going out partying all that. Like personality, being able to mesh with yeah. your teammates, like that. I mean, if you've been a part of a team, like I'm sure everybody has experienced being around somebody that you're like, all right, we're teammates, but yeah, exactly. hey, it's tough to be around sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, for sure. Um, you mentioned your YouTube channel. What what was like? Uh, what made you want to start that? My YouTube channel? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't playing my freshman year, so I was like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to get something out of it, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Yeah. And I took a whole bunch of editing classes in high school, so I was mm. like, if, I, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to go ahead. And it was COVID, so people can't mm. come anyway, so I was like, I'll show them what it's all like doing this and living this lifestyle. And hopefully some kids like it, and it, was, it makes them aspire to go out and be great and work out and try to get to the level I'm at. Is that uh is that yeah, something yeah. that you're um your is, is that something that you are like planning on taking with you to the next level oh, in the yeah. NBA? Oh no, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. The only reason I stopped is because we had a lot of personalities on the team and sometimes stuff would get crazy on the camera. I'm like, I'm not trying to show no one in the <laughs> Negative light <laughs> or like mad cussing or anything like that. Yeah. So, and anytime I pull the camera out, people know it's out and they know they're going to my YouTube channel. So they start doing the most insane yeah. stuff. <laughs> so I, I had to calm down with it. That's that's smart. But I think, I, I mean, I, why, the reason I even ask is because, um, I, you know, you're starting to see a lot more active players take a part in being able to shape their own narrative and, and, give people a a look behind the curtains Mm -hmm. um and you know they're some of them you know after they retired jj reddick transitioned right Mm -hmm. into a a huge media role um you said you took editing classes in in high school like is is this stuff that you're like interested in just outside of the game of basketball oh yeah for sure i feel like basketball is a small portion of the people's life like even if you have a long career let's say you play let's say you're lebron james and you play 20 years I mean, you still got 50, 60 years left of your life not playing mm-hmm. basketball. You know what I mean? Like, so that's why I feel like some, and then so many kids have only a plan A, like only 60 people get in out of those 60. How many stick in every draft class? I think it's a, a little 15, 20%, if you know what I mean. And then how many people are getting pushed out the league? How many people from overseas get in? How many people we don't even know of that show up last minute? I just get their name called on draft night and nobody knew about if you know what I mean. So I feel like so many people have the, this plan A because a lot of kids don't want to go overseas now. 
that's below them. So they'd rather sit in the G League and just play these fifty, sixty thousand dollar contracts a year. So I'm a well versed person. Like I like basketball is my number one, don't get me wrong. But if it doesn't work out, I've especially with NIL, I've done certain things where I'm gonna be okay. Get my UCLA degree if I have it. I mean, get my UCLA degree and go figure out some other stuff if I have to, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Your your NIL stuff has been pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the craziest one, I'll tell you like a crazy story. I made six figures off this coin thing that dropped. And what's so funny is I was about to blow it off. I didn't know what it was. So the people were like, we're going to make you a, a cryptocurrency. And like, I thought this thing was fake the whole time. So they're having me talk to these reporters I've never heard of, all this stuff. I'm like, this is some BS. So I remember the day before they said, are you ready to drop? And I didn't respond. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning. They're blowing my phone. I was like, sure, drop it. I don't care. Next thing I know, I see my name on like the ESPN ticker, Bleacher Report, all this stuff. I'm like, what the hell? And then they just start, they're like, here's your share. And I'm like, for what? And they're like, for us using your name and getting publicity. And that thing paid me ridiculous. I was like, oh, damn, I was really going to blow this off, too. Mind you, I, I wasn't playing back then. Back then, I yeah. didn't play. I averaged like maybe a point a game. So I'm confused yeah. as hell. Yeah, like I got Johnny Juzang and all these other people. I'm like, why the hell are you picking me? If you're, uh... <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a really great move. Oh my goodness, no, Jayla, he's out of business. <laughs> I smart to be skeptical of, yeah. of, that, of that though. Yeah, now they're out of business. They filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of the best. I think that's the best story we've we've ever had um, yeah. on this pod. By no, but like, you know, like Corey was saying, like we just looking at your Instagram page. You got, I mean, it's pretty diverse. You've got Maruchan on here. You've got Electrolyte USA, Panda Express, Reebok. I know before you were doing like Kane Footwear or something. Yeah. You know, yeah, like I this. A lot of, I get hit up about a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I really don't know, like I said, yeah. how they pick or whatever. The part I don't understand, especially in girls' basketball, not to get off topic, but how college girls get paid so much more than people actually in the WNBA. That feels like kind of backwards to me, if you know what I mean. Mm. And then I didn't realize while we're on the, uh, their draft slots, how much they get paid. That actually has to get fixed. Like the number one pick got $79,000. That's crazy, if you know what I mean. Crazy. Like, for sure. That's uh, that's really that's really like crazy. Cause like I get I know people joke around say they work normal jobs and stuff, but I'm really looking at them like you can't survive. And especially if you're in California or like a big market like New York mm-hmm. off seventy nine thousand dollars if you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. No. Me. Well so, that's why yeah, and, uh, that was a so- little off topic, but no, but it's it's a important conversation, yeah. and it's I think it's I think people are starting to like kind of speak up about it. Um, yeah. But that's why so many of the WNBA players have to go overseas during yeah, their exactly. off season, and that's where they make like that's where they make their the actual money. Their money. Yeah, that's where they make the majority of their money. Yeah. That's why I was so disappointed when the whole Caitlin Clark Angel Reese thing happened. If mm-hmm. you know what I mean, because I was like, me personally, I'm the type like. Let them do what they're gonna do. You know what I mean? Like it's basketball, it's competition. People put yeah. like because I feel like in boys we push the line way more than what they did. Mm. Realistically, if you know what I mean, like mm. we go way further than them. And that was the first game I feel like that I've really watched the whole game. It was like, oh damn, oh damn. You know what I mean? Like we was really jumping around, running yeah. around the rooms. If you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. like it was really an entertaining game. That one girl didn't miss a three in the whole first half. Like normally only averages like six points a game or whatever. 
So I feel like that was like the a really good moment for girls basketball and then just went the other way completely after the game. And both of them don't even have an issue with each other. That's what it made it more maybe what I mean. They both came out and said we're cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah nah, but, but I hope girls basketball does eventually start creating more revenue for themselves. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it will. And ultimately I think as negative as like the media handled that whole situation, I do think that like it did draw an interest for people. You know, like it, it sparked a conversation. I was yeah. about to say like good or bad publicity is publicity. So the people that don't even watch girls basketball probably start looking into it and stuff. And then yeah. you see, oh um, what's her name's about to transfer there? I saw um Dan Liff. Yeah. Yeah. So if she does that, I mean, everybody would probably watch LSU, UConn. Yeah. And I've been watching Caitlin Clark for a while. She's an incredible talent, like yeah. for real. Yeah. yeah. Very incredible. Stuff she does is, stuff she does is unbelievable. Yeah. And and the, the WNBA game is, you know, phenomenal too. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I got the Liberty, so I got, you know, oh, some. Yeah. yeah, you got some dogs over there. Yeah. So, you know, that's uh, – <laughs> It, that yeah. that's it's always kind of exciting um yeah yeah catch a game uh, i wish they could do something for them i don't think they should be flying commercial and all of that if you i mean it's so funny because we had the one girl come back to ucla who's a top 10 pick um charisma she's supposed to be top 10 and mm-hmm. the, i heard the pitch from the head coaches do you want to fire private and get your food catered and everything or be sitting at southwest making seventy thousand dollars a year Dang. So despite that's, being a top 10 pick, she came back to college. That's tough. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. Really tough. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But hey, I, I will say, Jalen, when it comes to you and your NIL deals, it just reminds me of, you know, that old Chappelle skit, Wu-Tang <laughs> Financial, you got to diversify your bonds, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to diversify, man. You don't want to be in one queue. Yeah. Yeah, obviously you're doing a good job of that. So congrats <laughs> on all no, that. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it. My agency does real good. Yeah, obviously. And, you know, with, with pre-draft season and all this, it, it could be stressful. I know you said you spent a lot of time with your girlfriend, and which is awesome. But um, I was wondering, you know, more of a lighter question, but what are some things you're doing to kind of keep yourself sane, some things you're doing to just have fun, whether it's video games or Netflix or whatever? What, what are some things you're doing kind of for your own mental health? Oh, video games for sure. Um, okay. Not heavy into gaming. Really, I'm not going to lie. When the whole thing, since my, like I said, my pre-draft thing's different between like rehabbing and stuff, rehab's cool because like you feel like you're getting closer and closer and closer to every day, no matter how far you are. Um, But yeah, really, I just be around my family or my girlfriend's family, and that's pretty much it. Um, Both the sides, her family's really um, talkative and they're funny and stuff's always going on in the house, whether I can walk or not, if you know what I mean. Mine's the same way. Play card games, dominoes, watch movies. Um, like I said, we really do a lot for me not to be able to walk. We do a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Cause I have a scooter. I can actually show you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got one of those kicks. To- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really have the crutch anywhere. So like we go, oh, and I have a pillow. So when we go to the movies, I, yeah. back when I first got out of surgery, I didn't have my leg in a pillow. Oh yeah. So we go, <laughs> It's a memory phone? Yeah. 
<laughs> so we would go to like the movies and stuff. And I go, yeah. you got because I don't like the little the little chairs no more. After I got, the, I had to get the the nice <laughs> reclining chairs when I go to a movie. Hey, you're Hollywood yeah. now, so. <laughs> so when I recline, I just put my pillow down, and I could still have my foot elevated and stuff <laughs> like that. And now I'm to the point where I don't need it elevated no more. I can just move around normal. I feel the doctors tomorrow, and I'll be fully like walking on my own and stuff again. So I won't need any of this stuff anymore. But um, yeah, it was cool. Like I said, the hardest part probably is the first week because you can't really move mm. and stuff. But after that, I mean, the whole time I'm like, hey, I'm getting back to being 100% healthy. So mm. it's been, yeah. But no, probably my just family in general is what's been, I've been doing in the meantime. That's awesome. Hey, hey. family's best. Yeah. yeah. Gotta have, gotta have your circle. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But now I'm yeah, ready for May 31st. I'll know officially what I'm doing, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. I'll know officially what I'm doing. That's an exciting date. Uh, like I said, I think regardless, my worst case scenario is I go back to UCLA, which is the best case for a lot of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, like that's the worst case scenario. So like I said, that's probably why I don't feel too much pressure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my plan A is my plan A, yeah. and stuff like that. But um, I haven't been too worried about it. I feel like if I'm good enough, I'm gonna get there. Somebody's gonna take me. Right. If they too concerned about the injury, I don't have a problem going back and playing some more. At the end of the day, the way I look at it is just basketball. Um, I feel like if you're good enough, you're good enough. If you're not, you're not. It's either you're cut for it or you aren't. If you, know what I mean, that's why people go undrafted and rise up, and people who get drafted and weren't as translatable and stuff drop out if you got me just survival of the fittest so um, i think i do a pretty good job at surviving so mm-hmm. uh, i go ahead and try my odds if you know what i mean i think i go ahead Corey. now is, is there anybody um whose story you kind of look at like as an underdog that like really made it in the league that kind of like inspires you underdogs that really made it it's funny i actually did a thing and went through second round picks that actually lasted for a while i mean some of them i wouldn't like would you would you would you consider Jokic an underdog or someone no one really scouted hmm i mean i guess that probably goes hand in hand i i you know like i i think now like even anybody there's so many people with access to like synergy and stuff like i I feel like if he was coming up now it would be different but at the time probably um but if he was probably just under scouted and i think sometimes back then people still had a little there was still like a stigma with like european players you know what i mean okay um lou dort yeah for sure for sure lou dort super underrated um let me think it was van vliet Mm. end up turning out really 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 um really well mm-hmm. uh, as you already said austin reeves worked out very well um like i said i went through i didn't went through and looked at all this stuff over and over numerous times oh boy from the thunder went to maryland 56 pick in the draft um what's his name wiggins what's mm. his first uh, name? aaron wiggins yeah. aaron wiggins aaron yeah. wiggins 56 pick in the draft out of maryland um like i said i didn't look at and Sometimes I feel like I don't know how this whole draft thing works for real. If you're honest, I know people like me, and I really don't understand. But it's hard for me to, to believe sometimes a computer can tell you who to pick and who not. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. 
Because I look at analytical. People get too analytical sometimes with some people. Because sometimes I'm watching the games. I'm like, he's really good and he's not. But his analytics <laughs> say he's better, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I said, um, the people, those are the people I've looked at that I really watched that I feel like have really flourished given their situations, even Jalen Williams, the second one, not the first one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The yeah. So he's playing his butt off and starting in a playoff game. I know that they got balanced or whatever, but he was still in a playoff environment, if you know yeah. what I mean, starting. And he was a second round. Andrew Nemhart went 31st, yeah. and most of the scouts missed on him because I saw him either fit in the late right. 50s or undrafted, and he's starting on the Pacers and did a really good job, if you know what I mean. Well, uh, Jalen, I, I just want to say you mentioned Jalen Williams, but even J Dub, Jalen Williams from yeah. Santa Clara, he was a guy that I got Y'all to interview. Were him early, though. I saw I mean, that. Y'all were I, one of the first ones. There it is. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did an interview with him last year when people weren't really mocking him like that, you know. And I said, and I, in the piece that I wrote about him, I said, "Hey, the Knicks at eleven, they should take him." And mm-hmm. he ended up going twelfth to the Thunder. And so I, I just. I, I want to kind of throw that out there because, you know, I don't know how things are going to end up with you, but we're huge fans of your game. And, you know, obviously, yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate it. Like I said, my thing at the end of the day is going to all depend on what a doctor says, which is kind of unfortunate, but that's the reality of the situation. If you know what I mean, if they tell people he's going to be hundred percent and go, I may sneak up higher than people think. And I think my UAC may reflect that they say, we don't know. I may drop or go back to school if you know what I mean. So, yeah. That's just that's just the reality of the situation. I'm okay with it though, if you know what I mean. Like I think it's all gonna it's all gonna work out very, very, very well. For sure. For sure. And uh one you know, one last, you know, fun question, but um I know that you've got your thing with Reebok. I know that you had to wear Jordans all season with UCLA, but just wanted to ask, what are some of your favorite shoes to wear on and off the court? And um, you know, we're really excited to see you on uh, the League Fits Instagram page someday soon. Yeah. Just wondering what, what what are some brands that you're into right now as well? Uh, like shoes. Like shoes for, first, for and then like, court, like for League yeah. Fits. Yeah, I actually just bought my favorite pair. I can show you off if I want. Okay, yeah. hell yeah, always down. <laughs> All right. So my 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 good friend Onyeka from the Hawks. Mm-hmm. I had these pairs of shoes, and I remember we were playing 2K. And he told me to get my money up. Like, <laughs> finally afford them. Like, well, after that, them. uh, okay, Ooh, Ooh, the... I can finally afford them now. <laughs> Did you tell him about your cryptocurrency, though? <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, I've always wanted these. Like, like yeah. this is like a really dumb purchase i got the matching backpack too look at you yes damn do it. that's Let's probably go. not smart because my mom probably gonna watch this she don't know I'm not <laughs> my parents are financial advisors <laughs> <laughs> yeah can we can we edit this out actually <laughs> oh my sorry sorry mom sorry yeah <laughs> nah but um on the court yeah it's hard because I haven't had the freedom. Yeah. Like when I was younger, like in high school and stuff where you play for, they don't give a damn what you wear. I would wear the Kobe sixes. Mm, I wear a lot of Kobe sixes. That's my favorite Um, singer of all time. Stuff like that. And then college, I was stuck under armor the first year, which is, yeah. I'm not going (laughs) to speak on it. (laughs) I can speak. I'll I'll speak on it. I'll speak on it. If stuff goes good, they may sign me. (laughs) 
I love my dragons. It was a great time. <laughs> it was a great time. <laughs> I will say that when they first dropped, they were doing like the high top stuff, like the, the original steps, but it's gotten better. Yeah. Big improvement. Um <laughs> then I played on the Adidas circuit. So um those were really good. James Harden's were comfortable. Dames were really good. Dames was probably my favorite shoe. Um, Dames probably my favorite shoe. And then I get to Jordan. The weird thing about Jordans, if you're in Nike school, you can wear Jordans. If you're a Jordan school, you can't wear Nikes. Yeah. So it gets um weird like that. But their stuff is cool. Obviously, their walk-arounds is the best thing they give. So we got a whole bunch of PEs and stuff. Yes. I have some Jordan 6 PEs, and then we got some ones this year. I saw those low-top ones with the little yeah. check on the front. Yeah, I'm not going to give them to my dad. I didn't like them. So he's walking around wearing them right now. <laughs> and my girlfriend was so mad. She's like, you need to put those in a box. And say, I was like, I don't really. I'm not a ones person. Got the sixes, it. though, I got those in my apartment somewhere. I don't really know. But, yeah, I got those in my apartment in Westwood. But the best shoes I wore this year are probably the Jason Tatum Lowe's. I don't know if that's his signature or if they just wear them. But, um. Oh, yeah, they're Lowe's, they're Jason Tatum's, and then they have a mid version that I wore a lot too. Mm. And yeah, so it was it was cool. It was fun. It's funny. Well, it was not funny, but when before I, the play before I tore my kills, we're in a timeout, and I had a hole in the right shoe, in the left shoe. Mm-hmm. I had a hole in the left shoe, so I run down the floor, and if you watch it, I rolled my ankle the play before, so mm. I step on Tubelis's foot with my left shoe, and my foot kind of comes out. And I run down the floor anyways. And by this point, the hole is like about this big. So then I went and stole the ball and I tore my right Achilles. But they were about to call because they thought my shoe, the hole in the shoe is what caused it. But it was actually the other foot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I wore them things to like it literally ripped a hole in them. Those are my favorite pair of shoes. That was Jordan. Dang. Well, Tatum just dropped his own signature shoes. So maybe you pick up those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nah. Like I said, I love all the shoes. If any shoe brands would like to talk and negotiate, we go ahead and make it happen. Under Armour too, as well. I think the biggest thing that we've learned uh, about Jalen Clark is he's he's a man about his money. So yeah, you've made some smart decisions even here on this podcast. So mom's a financial advisor. Got to be. Yeah, yeah, man. Ain't turning down no money, man. But hey, Jalen, just wanted to say, um, number one, I, I think I'll, I'll speak for Corey, even for both of us. I think it was really, really encouraging um, and kind of, I don't know, even like humbling for me to hear how um, positive you are about your whole situation. Because like, honestly, some people, they could be really down on themselves and take things the wrong way. But I think where you're at um, with your mentality and the spirit that you have right now is really awesome. And uh, we're both really pulling for you, really excited for you. Obviously, this is the second time we've had you on the pod. We're looking forward to many more. And we want to keep doing this with you because you've been freaking hilarious and awesome and honest <laughs> with us on this pod, which has been yeah, really re- refreshing sure. for us. Yeah. So appreciate you coming on Corey. I know you, I'll let you say your part as well. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, man. Um, we're, we're blessed anytime, you know, 
people want to come and, and share their stories and, and their process with us. Um, getting to do it twice with you is, you know, has been awesome. Like Albert said, you're by far the speak the most freely. And, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that that, you know, getting to show your true authentic self, maybe because you have a YouTube channel and you're not, you know, you, yeah. you have a little bit of, you know, you're, you're comfortable in front of a camera. Um, but I'll tell you what, besides, uh, just youtube you definitely have a a future in podcasting if you if you wanted to (laughs) (laughs) but um just as far as your game man you know we're we're huge fans of the way you play we've we've both seen you live um i mean just watching you you pop off the screen or when you go see you live you pop watching you and you know it analytically you pop too so you know you've got not just like the the eye test you have the the stats um behind you quick stat uh since 2008 uh guys who have had a, a bpm of 10 and a half uh defensive rebound percentage 15 steal percentage of 5 from a high major to you Tari Eason Gary Payton the second and oh, yeah. those are you know that list those are some defensively, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take one of those guys on my team to go throw yeah. out a, at their best player any day. So, yeah. um, we're really excited for, for you, you know, no matter how the next couple of months go, that's not going to define your career, whether, you know, you, you end up or, or not, we know you're going to put in the work and you're going to ultimately end up and, and maximize whatever the potential that you have. So, um, thanks again for, for coming on the show and, and, uh, you know, letting the no ceilings, uh, you know, fans get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, no, I appreciate y'all. And like I said, this is fun. This is like, I like that you guys give people platforms to portray themselves. And I wish more people would tell it more how it really is than portraying this whole facade and scared to open up. But yeah, I appreciate it for real. Yeah, man. Um, again, good luck the rest of the way. And, uh, until next time y'all, um, We'll be back next week, as always. Make sure you're you're locked in tomorrow for uh, the the double technical with the two Tylers. And uh, until next time, we out. Peace.